Hello and welcome to Cornerstone, a Fair Temple Prep podcast. I'm Jacob Crapo. And I'm Conrad Campbell. Going to the temple for the first time can be pretty intimidating. It's a new experience and it doesn't help that when we talk about the temple, it's always pretty vague. Our hope with this podcast is to outline the foundational doctrine of the temple and share what we can so that you can feel confident when you go to the house of the Lord. This podcast has not replaced official temple prep courses, but hopefully complements what you will learn there. Welcome back to another episode of the Cornerstone Temple Prep Podcast. I'm excited to be here, joined by my friend Lisa Thompson. Lisa, how's it going? Very well. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for coming on. Lisa, before we jump into this, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. Um, I was kind of joking before when we were talking beforehand that I'm a kind of a nobody, but um, that's okay. Um, I am. Um, I live in Salt Lake City. I am married with three kids, and um, while I'm a, primarily a full-time mother, um, I do also have a career as a writer. And I have um, written um, on staff as well as um, freelance for many publications, and several of which are church-related publications. I was on staff at the Ensign in Liahona back in the day, and then um, a, a publication at BYU, their, their alumni magazine, as well as their international studies department. Um, and then I've just written a lot for a wide range, but again, you know, LDS Living and um, and uh, the Liahona Ensign, BYU Publications, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that's what I do professionally, but uh, uh, I'm just a believer. I believe in the temple. I believe in um, in the covenants we make there, and I feel like my life is so blessed because of that. Awesome. And ultimately, that's exactly why we have you on, is because you believe in these things. And I've, I really appreciated your insights about this particular topic that we're going to be talking about today, um, which is temple clothing and specifically temple garments. When we talk about temple clothing, there seems to be a little bit of mystery um, behind what they are, what they look like exactly, and what their purpose is. I know for myself, when I went to the temple the first time, I like kind of understood that there was ceremonial clothing in the temple. I knew that I knew about the temple garment, but that was about it. I didn't know what they looked like. I didn't know what they were for. And when I went to the temple for the first time, it really threw me off. So I think it'd be important to talk a little bit about, about that. I think you're right. It is important to understand before you enter the temple that there, that it's not just another church service. You don't just, you, you wear your dress or your suit into the temple. You, you go in your Sunday best. Um, but you actually do change your clothes inside the temple and, um, and you put on ceremonial clothing, as you say, and, and, and that is important to understand as you're preparing to go to the temple. Um, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you weren't expecting exactly what you found. And, uh, I, I always remember a story of my, my younger sister, um, years ago when she was doing baptisms for the dead as a teenager and she took a wrong turn somewhere. I don't know. I, I don't really know how she ended up where she did, but she saw uh, people 
basically leaving an endowment session. You know, they, they had finished an endowment session, had been in this lust room and were exiting. And so she saw them in their temple clothing and, you know, in the full ceremonial clothing. And she was like, what? Uh, uh, you know, she, she was very surprised and, and it was like, what, what are they wearing? Um, and, uh, so if you don't know that you wear different clothing and different symbolic clothing in the temple, then yeah, you can be really, um, kind of thrown off by it. I would think, um, the church has done such a beautiful job in recent times, I think of more preparing, um, members for that and, and helping us understand that there's purpose behind it. It's not, um, arbitrary. It's not so that we do have funny clothes on or something. It's, it's purposeful. Um, so I don't know if you want to go into what some of the, um, the ceremonial clothing are when we get inside the temple, but, um, you know, as I said, we do, we do enter the temple in our normal street clothes, but our Sunday best. Um, and so that's the first sign of respect for us, right? We, we enter the temple, um, in a respectful manner in our, in our, um, in our best worldly clothes, so to speak. And then um, when we go inside, we do change into white clothing. Um, uh, women wear a white dress, men wear um, a white, uh, you know, pants and a suit. Um, and then throughout the ceremony, there are additional elements of clothing that, that are um, part of the ceremony that we add. They, they call them the robes of the holy priesthood. And, um, and it's just all symbolic and it's all part of the ceremony. But one of the beautiful, beautiful things about being in the temple and everyone in the temple is dressed in white, uh, it does feel heavenly. I mean, it feels like we are among the angels and we're all dressed in white. And, um, and so there's not, there's, it removes a lot of, uh, worldly differences, uh, I mean, certainly with the women. I mean, the men, they kind of just have the pants and the shirt. Like, there's not a lot of, like, fashion choices for the men when it comes to temple, um, a temple dress or a temple uh, outfit. But women, you know, certainly can have a dress with lace on it or a dress, you know, wear a little sweater. Um, but this, the differences are so minor. And, um, and it really does even the playing field, so to speak. I mean, if you ran into... Um, the prophet in the temple, he'd be wearing the same thing that you're wearing. If you ran into uh, the temple matron, she'd be wearing the same thing I was wearing. And uh, so there's no no manner of ites inside the temple, if, so to speak. And I think that's just one of the beautiful um, uh, purposes. And I think it's one of the beautiful results of all of us entering the temple, wearing the same um, clothing, wearing the same color, and it's a heavenly color to represent purity, to represent um, cleanliness before God. And uh, so, so the elements of the temple clothing um, really are symbolic and also provide a beautiful experience and a beautiful purpose while we're there. When you're talking about how the temple clothes, they kind of present, uh, they provide a sense of equality amongst the people that go to the temple. It reminded me of an experience that I had it was one of the first sessions that I went to and I was sitting there. I was kind of nervous. I was all, all by myself. It was one of the first times I was by myself. And I, I look at the guy that just walked through the door and, and sat next to me and it was my boss. <laughs> and my, my boss was, uh, he was a stake president, not my stake president, but he was a stake president in, a, in another stake. Oh. And he sits right down next to me and, you know, we 
talked for a second and then the the endowment session started and as I you know I struggled to put on my temple my my ceremonial clothes mm-hmm. um, he just kind of reached over and he he helped me put those on it was really cool um well, yeah, my my boss is a great guy, but uh, he wouldn't be one to like go out and help me with my job at work. <laughs> uh, he that's why he was paying me for it, but he was there to to help me and and to serve me there. It was really cool. I love that story. That is just perfect because even I mean in in the world you two had have, have very different um, uh, places mm-hmm. within the company, within your roles, within your life. Um, and yet within the walls of the temple, you were equal, like he, and he was there and, and that's so tender that he, uh, helped you to, you know, dress correctly. I mean, the robes that you put on the ceremonial, ceremonial clothing that we put on, you know, you just have to put it on in a certain way. And that's just, it's a beautiful story. It's just the perfect illustration. Yeah. The church has actually provided an incredible resource when it comes to, learning about uh, ceremonial clothing in the temple. Um, they produced a video a few years ago that actually shows what they look like and kind of explains the purpose a little bit. Um, hits on a lot of the same points that we just hit on, but I'm going to try to link that in this the description of this podcast so that everybody can go and watch that video. I think it's really important to, to put these temple robes in context. Well, I'm really glad you mentioned that because I was looking at that as well, just in, you know, in my preparation for, um, chatting with you today. And, um, I really appreciate that video because as you say, I mean, first of all, it shows you the clothing. So, so, so the mystery is taken away. It's not, as we often say, it's not secret, it's sacred. Um, and so, uh, uh, it, it shows you what the clothing looks like, which is great. Um, but I, one of the things I loved about that video also is it put in context for me, and I remember the very first time I saw it several years ago when it was created, but it put in context for me the idea that special clothing isn't unusual. Like we are not uh, unique in in that within the gospel of Jesus Christ and within the church of Jesus Christ. Um, there are many religions and many faiths around the world that have um, some element of special clothing, whether you're Jewish, whether you're Hindu, um, uh, seek, I mean, they're, you know, the turbans or, um, the yarmulke or there's all these, the, the Buddhist, uh, robes that they wear. Um, there are many different, um, elements, the idea of special clothing, clothing that is related to faith and, um, within, uh, and so, so as Latter-day Saints, we have special clothing and special moments that we wear those special clothing. And I think that that video is really, um, helpful to contextualize that and, um, and see that, you know, this isn't unusual or we're not, um, some unique, uh, brand of faith that includes a clothing element, um, in our practices and in our worship. So I think that video is, I recommend that highly. I think that really does give a nice context um, in a broader picture and also does provide very specific information as well as photographs of um, what clothing we do wear and and what someone can expect as they enter the temple. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that it's a pretty common thing to find amongst other religions. I think wearing uh, special clothing 
to symbolize your faith and devotion to God. It's probably the the rule rather than than the exception with our faith. It it just happens everywhere. Um, I can't think of many religions that don't have something. Right. I mean, it is it is very common, and um, and I think just you know recognizing that, understanding that, um, I think just helps us to understand that. Um, and frankly, I think it also, it, it helps us not to, to see that we're not, you know, unusual, but it, I think it also helps us to, um, see that there is a foundation for this scripturally. And, and that's another thing as I was, um, you know, just looking up some different things and, and, uh, thinking about this, um, you know, there are in the old Testament, especially, I mean, there is a lot of comment or a lot of, um, description of certain ceremonial type clothing that they would wear. Um, they talk about the word garments, things like that. And, um, and so because we're not the only faith in this world that, you know, really that believes in the old Testament or that, that, um, uses that as part of our scripture, um, you can see that other faiths have seen the same scriptures and have also noted and, and in their way are, are, um, uh, honoring or, or obeying what they have read in, in, um, from a scriptural basis. So I think the fact that other faiths and other religions, um, do also include ceremonial type clothing, um, in some way or another, not the same as we do, but in one way or another, it just shows me that we're all looking at the same Bible. (laughs) We may have a little different way of, um, of coming about it, or, or even a, a, a faith like Hindu or Muslim or Sikh, where they, they're not necessarily using uh, the Old Testament, but there is something, you know, the Holy Ghost uh, testifies of truth wherever it's found. So they may not say, the Holy Ghost told me we should have ceremonial clothing, but it's clearly something that connects us to the divine. And even other faiths that don't have the same scriptural basis we do um, has that feeling that they, they have that feeling that we connect to the divine and we can show it outwardly with what we're wearing. I, I really appreciate you bringing up the um, connections to the Old Testament. Um, I think that's really important to remember that in addition to seeing other religions also have uh, special clothing that they wear for their faith, this is something that we see throughout the Old Testament, especially with the temple priests and high priest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the ceremonial clothing that we wear is directly related to the clothing that they describe um, that they wore in the temple in the Old Testament. In addition to the uh, Old Testament temple robes, there's another garment that holds special place in the Old Testament, and that's the garment that was given to Adam and Eve. And that holds special significance to Latter-day Saints, too, because mm-hmm. as a people, we covenant with God that we'll wear a, a garment as well mm-hmm. that represents the garment that was given to Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Lisa, would you like to talk a little bit about that? Sure. So, um, and, and that's a great connection. And I actually had pulled up some of the scriptures that um, I had come across that talk about the garment and... Um, and it really, I mean, it relates. So we have the ceremonial clothing that's within the temple. That's only within the temple. We don't wear it outside the temple. Um, and then we are given, uh, that, that symbolic garment, as you say, um, to take with us outside the temple. 
um, that represents the garment given to Adam and Eve when they were in the garden. And, um, and we are instructed to wear it throughout our lives. And we are told that it will be a protection and a shield to us. And, um, and that representation that starts from the very foundation of the world, um, that Adam and Eve were given a protection. And when we talk about a protection in the church, we often, um, you know, we have think about a physical protection and there are stories and things like that where a garment did provide a physical protection. But I think, um, in the broader sense, we're talking spiritually, a spiritual protection um, from the temptations and evils of this world, as one of the things I um, read specifically said, stated it. Um, but that garment that we take with us outside the temple um, is a, a beautiful reminder every single day of the covenants that we have made inside the temple. And one of the quotes I, um, it was, I don't even actually know how to correctly pronounce his name, Carlos a, a Carlos E. A. C. A. S. A. Some he he was a, a formerly a a, a a member of the seventy, but he did a, a general conference talk, um, uh, oh, uh, many years ago in nineteen ninety nine, talking specifically about temple garments, and and the thing that he said is he he said that he likes to think of the garment as the Lord's way of letting us take part of the temple with us when we leave. Um, and then he says that it's a tangible, tangible remembrance we carry with us back out into the world, um, by wearing this garment. And he says, though we cannot always be in the temple, a part of it can always be with us and bless our lives. And so I think that the temple garment that we, we covenant to wear, um, is, is a, a true blessing because it, exactly what, um, Elder AC said is we take the temple with us when we leave and it is symbolic right from the foundations of this world with Adam and Eve um and yet here we are many millennia later <laughs> many dispensations later um still with that same covenant between um man and God I think it's a it's a pretty powerful symbol uh, wearing the garment and and what it represents. It represents the garment that was given to Adam and Eve. Um, originally, it was made out of a coat of skins. And something that I learned during um, my research for this episode is if it was made out of skin and Adam and Eve were, you know, they had just fallen, it was probably from a sacrifice of an animal. Mm -hmm. Uh, interesting to think about that right and again the symbolism of that bringing that together it's from the sacrifice which of course that's what sacrifice was for under the law of Moses was to represent and symbolically symbolically represent the sacrifice of the Savior and so to have that connection that idea that that coat of skins may very well have been also part of from a sacrifice. I mean, what a beautiful connection that is and some symbolism that makes. Yeah. It actually reminds me of when, when I think about the garment, I think about this one verse in particular to teach me about Jesus Christ. When you think about what a garment does, it covers your body and you keep that, keep that idea in your mind of, um, without the garment, you would be naked with the garment. You'd be covered. Um, this comes from Alma chapter 34, verse 16, and it says, 
talking about the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It says, And thus mercy can satisfy the demands of justice and encircles them in the arms of safety, while he that exercises no faith unto repentance is exposed to the whole law of the demands of justice. Therefore, only unto him that has faith unto repentance is brought about the great and eternal plan of redemption. So without that garment, you would be exposed to the whole mm. demands of, ju- of justice. And that garment does represent Jesus Christ. It represents the sacrifice that he made. Hmm. I love that. That um, So uh, a scripture, so, so there was a general conference talk. Um, it was in October of 2022 from Elder Bednar. And he talked a lot about garments. Um, he didn't ever specifically say temple garments, but he talked um, a, a lot about, <clears throat> he used the, um, the parable of the wedding feast where the king had, per, um, had prepared a wedding feast and invited many people and they didn't show up. And the king was like, where are all my guests? And the servants are like, they didn't come. They, were, they, all, they were busy. They had to go to their farm. They had to like, bury their dead. They, they had all these uh, excuses. Um, and so the king was upset, and he sent his servants out to find other people. Well, if they don't want to come to my wedding, then I will find other people. And there's symbolism in all of that right there, right? I mean, we think about the house of Israel and the children of Israel. Um, and if the children of Israel don't want me, then I'll go find the Gentiles. So there are, there's symbolism already, but something in within this uh, parable that Elder Bednar was pointing out was um, the idea of the wedding garments, and that when you came to this wedding, you were clothed in certain robes, and biblical scholars um, note that um, they would often have been a simple robe. Everyone was sort of been dressed the same, and so again, you're starting to say, well, this sounds very familiar to me, um, and... And in, in the parable, there's one guest who is not wearing the wedding garments. And they say, well, aren't you wearing your wedding garments? And the guest is like, uh, and it actually says in the scripture, he was speechless. And so they point out that that was, he didn't have an excuse. Like he just didn't wear it. And, and within that, let me see if I can grab that. I had it in front of me. Oh, within that, um, then they go on to point out that um, uh, Elder Bednar quotes James E. Talmadge and points out that if the king had summoned people to come to this wedding, then they would have been provided a wedding garment. If they had come through the front doors, then their servants would have provided them a wedding garment. But this one person uh, must have come in some other way because he didn't have a garment and and uh, he didn't have a real any excuse for it. And that he and so that so a, an, another uh, biblical scholar was saying you know that that was like blatant disrespect but the point being of that story t- to me was he elder bednar went on to say um you know we put on these special clothing um for as a commitment as a you know we are honored to be here and like you say being exposed i mean i just really love that because um, there is a difference. So, so also with Elder Bednar pointed out a beautiful verse in, um, Isaiah that I had never thought of before related to the garment, putting on those special clothing, that special clothing. 
as he describes this whole parable, like the, the, the guests were supposed to wear that special clothing. And then he ties it into Isaiah 52, verse 1, where he says, where it says, Awake, awake, and put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. And that put together, um, put on thy strength. So the garments, your beautiful garments, are your strength. And again, with that great insight you just shared from Alma, being exposed to the whole law, versus having strength and having that um, protection and that strength that the beautiful garments provide for us. I want to take a little step back just in the spirit of temple preparation. So just to, I mean, just to lay it out, you know, again, like we've said, you, when you go to the temple, you will wear um, you will go in in your Sunday clothes and inside the temple you will change into a, to white clothing and there will be ceremonial clothing that will be part of the um, part of the endowment and part of the um, covenants and ordinances inside the temple. And then when you come out of the temple, again, while you are there, uh, it is symbolically put upon you. Garments are symbolically put upon you and that is the covenant you make to from then on to wear temple garments um, as a symbol of your covenant that you have made inside the temple. And um, so understanding that that is part of the covenant you are making to wear those garments throughout your life. And then when you tie that back to things like um, these scriptures where um, without them you are exposed, with them you are protected, um, they provide a strength. They provide spiritual protection from temptation. They provide um, spiritual strength to live your covenants and to follow the Savior throughout your life. Um, the purposes of the garment um, really are beautiful and are really... Um, I, 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 the thought that I, what I was having yesterday when I was thinking about this was, it is amazing to me how hard the Lord tries to bless us and how much he continually gives us to bless us, um, providing a, a church on this earth that we may worship in, that we may learn from, providing us prophets, providing us temples, providing us um, the power of prayer, the power of fasting, the power of the scriptures, um, the words of the past prophets. He is just every minute of every day trying to bless us, bless us, bless us, and make the our lives in this world um, as, I don't want to say as easy as possible because we know life on this earth is not easy, but um, to get us through it in the best possible way. How about that? Um, and the temple garments to me, the covenants we make inside the temple and then the garments that we wear outside the temple are just yet another thing he is trying so hard to bless us and protect us and help us yeah i think this would be a good part to emphasize that the the primary role of the garments is to serve as a spiritual protection to us mm -hmm. um, i know that as i've grown up i've heard lots of stories about how the the garment has saved somebody's life or it's protected them from a fire or um, even in my own family we have stories like that and i think those are wonderful and absolutely, I believe them. But the, the garment is not made out of Kevlar. It's not going to stop a bullet. 
Um, right. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to stop a bullet. It It's there to protect us from Satan. If it does save you, that's amazing. I'm so glad that God has blessed you in that way. But I don't think we should expect it to. It doesn't, that's not its primary function. Well, I think that's a really, uh, really important is, um, I mean, it's not a bulletproof vest. It's not, you know, that's, that's not, like you say, it's primary function. Um, it's primary function is that spiritual protection. And that is profound because frankly, we are in much greater spiritual danger in this world than we are in physical danger. Um, we're not, most of us are not in the line of fire (laughs) on a regular basis. And most of us, um, you know, yes, terrible things can happen in our life, car accidents and fires and, um, and dangerous situations. Absolutely. But every single day we are in the line of fire spiritually, every minute of every day. Um, and with the world as it is now, when we have, um, uh, the access to absolutely everything through the internet, um, the division that's in the world now, you can't turn on the news, you can't turn on the television. I mean, the things that are coming at us all the time, um, more than ever, do we need a spiritual protection and to have, um, the garment of the Holy Priesthood, to have that garment part of our daily ritual, um, our daily routine, to wear that, to um, to clothe ourselves. I mean, you know, that, that wording, clothe, um, it's used in the temple, clothed in the garments of the Holy Priesthood, but it's also used in the scriptures. Um, in fact, another one that... Well, that one in Isaiah that I that I just referenced, awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion, put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem. Um, I I looked that up in other translations just because I was curious, like garment, do they use the word garment differently? Like, does it have a different Hebrew meaning that the King James Version just uses that specific word garment? Um, and actually garment was really pretty much ubiquitous. I mean, there was a few that said clothing or something, but garment was really the word that many of these different translations had used. But what they did do differently from translation to translation was clothe yourself with strength, clothe yourself with garments. And to me, that was, um, an interesting difference. And so I, we use that language in the temple and then to see that when you look back at, um, you know, the Hebrew, you could use, instead of saying, put on your garments or put on your strength, you could also say, clothe yourself in that, which I think has a very, um, nice symbolic element there because clothing is personal. It's, it's permanent, not the word, you know what I mean? Like you keep it on, you know what I mean? It's not just, um, you know, you put on a hat or put on sunglasses, but those come on and off all day. Your clothing stays on you. Yeah. It's not an accessory. Right, right, exactly. And so the garment, to think of it as something that stays on you, that you clothe yourself with, that it will give you strength, that will give you protection and um, from the adversary and from the spiritual um, uh, elements that are, you know, the fiery darts, as, as, as they say, that are coming at us all the time. And again, I go back to, you know, for temple preparation, you know, thinking about going to the temple, really ponder that like it is a blessing it, 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 
I know that some people can be nervous. I mean, what's going to happen in the temple? What's going to happen after the temple? I have to wear garments now? Like, and so when you think of it in a worldly sense, yeah, that's, you, you have to kind of wrap your head around some of this. But when you think of it in a spiritual sense, it's like, thank you. Thank you for blessing me in that way. And thank you for allowing me to, um, as, as was said, you know, take part of the temple with me, keep it with me every day, clothe myself in it day and night. Um, that's a blessing. So instead of it being like, weird, I'm going to have to, whatever, it's more like, thank you. I mean, our Heavenly Father loves us so much that he has given us this great blessing of protection, a physical, tangible reminder of the protection that he wants to provide. Yeah. I think that's one of the unfortunate misunderstandings that we see in the church a lot today is that the garment is an optional accessory that you wear whenever you, you know, as, as often as you feel like it, um, maybe when you're going to the temple or something, and that's just not true. Uh, you covenant to, to wear it throughout your life. And that means you wear it with your clothing. Well, and that that is an important uh, thing, an important thing to discuss, an important thing to consider. Um, again, in the spirit of temple preparation, when when you're making these covenants in the temple, and when you have made them, I mean, I made them many years ago. You made them probably a, less years ago than I did. Um, and then there are people who are going to be making them sometime soon. Um, you you are making a covenant. And we do take covenants very seriously within the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not a, it's not a flippant thing. It's not a minor thing. When when you go into the temple, you make covenants with your heavenly Father to live the way He has asked us to live, and He covenants to bless us, bless us, bless us as a result. And I can testify that that has absolutely been my experience. That as I have lived my temple covenants, my life has been blessed. Um, and then the element of the garment that is part of the covenant, it's not sort of an extra thing. Like you say, it's not an accessory. It's not a, oh, I guess I just wear temple, my garments when I go to the temple. No, we are instructed to wear it throughout our lives, to wear it every day and to, um, wear it, uh, it should not be removed for any activity that as, as the, the temple recommend um, thing says it should not be removed for activities that can be reason reasonably done while wearing the garment, like dropping the kids off at school, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Um, but the but it's a blessing, and and I think that's the important thing is to recognize um, that it is a covenant. We have promised to do this, and accept the blessing that the that our heavenly Father and our Savior are trying to give us by wearing it. Um, and recognize that, um, we have to be careful of where the sources of information, like what are our sources of information about wearing the garment with the advent of social media. There are many, many voices out there, um, that freely express their opinions about, um, what, what, sh what we should do with garments. Um, and unless that source is a leader of our church, it's not, it's not an official source. It's not the right source. Um, and I do worry that there is um, a more casual relationship with garments. And again, with the advent of social media, um, we have 
uh, uh, photographic evidence <laughs> day in and day out because people post things, you know, on, on Instagram and Facebook and, um, and whatever. And, you know, they're posting pictures of themselves and their families and their kids and, uh, and whatnot. And, um, their wedding day, I mean, everything. And it's, uh, been surprising to me to see a trend where people don't, don't appear to wear garments. Now, here's the thing. Some people will say, wow, she's so judgmental. She looks and wonders, are they wearing their garments? Um, nope, I'm actually not that judgmental. But it is noticeable when somebody is clearly, you know, not wearing garments. There are garments cover your shoulders, they go down to your knees. So if you're wearing clothing that um, doesn't do that, then you're clearly not wearing garments with those clothings, with that clothing. And it's not that someone is judging you and saying, wow, they must be really unfaithful or they must be a bad person. That's not it. It's just that they know that you have been through the temple and they see that your clothing doesn't reflect that. Whatever conclusion they come to is whatever conclusion they come to, but it's just the reality. And I do think, again, I, I, that's not judgmental. It's, um, I'm, it's just a reflection. And there's a really, really important line in the temple, um, uh, in the temple recommend interview in the little section that they read to you about the garment that I just have really focused in on. It has been really, um, really on my mind. Um, and it says, it's a sacred privilege to wear the garment and doing so is an outward expression of an inner commitment to follow the Savior, Jesus Christ. And that has really stuck with me a lot. And I have compared it in my mind to other outward expressions that I do in my life. I have two degrees from BYU. My husband has two degrees from BYU. All four of our parents attended BYU. Many of our siblings went to BYU. We're a BYU family. So we wear BYU clothes. And that is our outward expression of the school that we cheer for. And I live in a neighborhood right next to the University of Utah. And everybody in the neighborhood wears Utah clothes. And that's great. And that's an outward expression of who they cheer for. When there is a big football game, you can drive down our streets and see Utah signs, like our flags hanging out in front of the yard. You can see BYU, well, it's like me and my neighbor who have a BYU sign that, or flag that hangs out in our yard for football games. Um, but, you know, I've thought about that. Like, I am very happy to outwardly show my inner devotion to my school, right? And I see many other who have that very same thing. And you can take it further. You can take it to what bumper stickers do you wear? What other flags do you hang? What, um, you know, it's, uh, uh, as we record this, it's around the 4th of July. And so there are American flags on lawns. And, um, and we just passed June. There are pride flags on lawns, you know, last month. Um, there are bumper stickers that people can say. There are a lot of things that we individually do that show that are outward signs of what we're committed to and what we believe in. Um, so that's not unusual. Yeah. And on top of that, we're not 
it's not just a bumper sticker. We're not just cheering for the team. We are on the team. We are right. players on the game. Right. And that is the thing. You take it to the next level. So there's many simple things. You know, I, my, I wear my BYU shirt. That's simple. Um, but when you take that whole idea to the next level, wearing your garment is that outward expression of your inner commitment, like you say, to the team of Jesus Christ. We are on his team. We are who he, we cheer for him. He cheers for us. That is our commitment. And when we are putting ourselves in a position to publicly not wear that garment, where it's obvious and clear that we're not wearing that garment, um, what is the flip side of that? What is the outward expression now saying? Um, interestingly, I've, I've you know, known people in my life, as we all have, who have chosen um, a different path that the church is not for them. Um, and uh, whether it's family members or friends or some public figures, you know, that uh, over, over the years that, that I've, you know, been aware of or followed or whatnot, um, who have chosen to no longer be part of the church. And I find it interesting that I can think of many right off the top of my head where the very first thing is that they wear clothing that is clearly not temple appropriate. Almost as a statement, like again, of my inward, my outward um, expression of where I'm at inward, where I am internally. Um, I've, I found that I've, it's just something I've noted and I found very interesting. It's almost like, you know, the day after they announce that they're leaving, then they put on, you know, whatever. Um, and again, that's not a judgment call. I'm just saying that's what I've observed. And so it tells me that, um, that there's something to this. There's something to the purposeful and deliberate and committed wearing of the garment and what it really does reflect inside your heart and mind. And when you are purposefully not wearing it, and maybe it's because some social media influencer told you that it's up to you, it's no, your underwear is no one else's business, well, that's fine, and you made that choice. And again, that's not a judgment call. But recognize, I invite people to recognize what your outward expression is communicating. For me, my choice is to wear my garments day and night. That's what I want to express. Um, I go running. I do things that I wear a tank top, and you know I'm out there in the hot sweating, and I don't wear a garment. Um, but I'm very personally conscientious that it's a clear activity. I'm at the swimming pool. I'm not wearing my garments. But when, uh, for every other moment, I don't, I don't want people to think that it's, um, that it's optional for me or that it's an accessory. I want people to never wonder if I am committed in that way. And so that is my choice, but, um, it's also, I believe part of my covenant. It, it absolutely is part of the things that we covenant to do, uh, when we go to the temple and there, there might be lots of questions about 
when it is appropriate to wear the garments and when it's not. Um, like you said, swimming, that'd probably be a good example of when you wouldn't wear the garment. Um, if you do have questions about this, I would really encourage you to sit down and have an honest conversation with God. Get down and pray and let him lead you and teach you um, with what you need to do. Um, another resource that probably goes way underutilized is at every single temple, there is a temple presidency. Mm. And they are there to answer questions about the temple. If you have questions about the garment, they are a great resource to go and talk to. You just go go to the front desk and make an appointment with them. And you can go and sit down and ask them anything you'd like. I think that's really neat. I've never actually thought of that before. I mean, I would think, oh, they're you know, temple president and temple matron. They're very busy people, uh, you know, whatnot. But um, I love that idea. I love that that you could um, go into the temple and say, I have questions. I have questions about wearing my garments. I have questions about the clothing, the ceremonial clothing. I have questions about the covenants that I have made here. Um, what a beautiful resource. I'm so glad you said that. Well, and going back to, um, to you know, if you have questions, again, the, the, the statement that the church um, has read to us when we are having a temple recommend interview um, says that, I mean, I'll just read this whole statement, but it, it, cause it's short, but I just think it has so many important things, but it also talks about how to, um, how to answer those questions. It says the temple garment, as we've said, is a reminder of the covenants that we have made in the temple. So again, we wear our temple garments as a reminder. Um, and when worn properly throughout life will serve as a protection against temptation and evil exactly what we've just said. And the garment should be worn beneath the outer clothing. So there's like the logistics of it, right? The practical nature, it, we wear it under our clothing. And it should not be removed for activities that can be reasonably done while wearing the garment. So there's some instruction in that, right? If it's an activity you can reasonably do while wearing the garment, then wear the garment. Um, and it should, it should not be modified to accommodate different styles of clothing. Um, I would slip in wedding dresses also. I have, um, there's been an interesting trend that I've noticed on social media for wedding dresses also that I'm like, I'm sure you could maybe pin the garments up in there somewhere, but, um, but that's important. We are covenanting to wear these garments as they are made and they should not be modified, you know, hiked up so we can wear shorter shorts or pinned up so we can wear a shirt that has no sleeve or something it's that's just not the purpose of it and that's that's if not violating the letter of the law it certainly is violating the spirit of the law yeah we, we wouldn't change the covenants that we make to make them fit our personal lives why would we change the garments that we've given as a reminder of those covenants to fit our personal well let's lives? put it this way there probably are people and and we're all guilty of it in some ways who want to modify what is asked of us or change what is asked of us to kind of fit what we want it to be. Um, but that's not exactly how it's supposed to be. <laughs> we aren't supposed to modify our covenants to match us. We are supposed to modify us to match our covenants. Um, and then it says here, endowed members should seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit to answer personal questions about wearing the garment. So right there, as you said, Get on your knees and pray. If you have a concern about wearing the garment, if you have a concern about 
uh, am I doing it right or am I doing it wrong or when should I be wearing it? Pray. I have a friend who um, recently she told me she um, it was her goal to make sure she wore her garments every day and she was saying, she's like, I, I, I feel like I'm a committed member of the church and I believe in my garments. I'm not in any way saying like I don't care about my garments and I just want to wear these cute shorts. She said, what happens is um, I get up in the morning and she's a runner, like hardcore runner. So she gets up and she's in her, you know, tank top and running shorts so she can go out for her big long runs. And then she comes home and the day gets very busy very quickly with her kids and with her responsibilities, with her work and everything else. And uh, so she was telling me, she's like, so I started to realize I uh, literally don't put my garments on. I just wear my running clothes all day long. And she's like, that was not on purpose. I wasn't just trying to be like be flagrant about it or blatantly disregard my covenant to wear my garments, but seeking the guidance of the Holy Ghost to answer personal questions about wearing the garments, she started to feel in her heart and her soul, and I would say through the power of the Holy Ghost, that that wasn't quite the right thing to do. And so she had made a personal commitment after feeling these feelings that I'm not living my covenant the way that I'm supposed to. And so she just made a very specific effort. I go for my big long runs, she's a marathon runner, and then I come home, I shower, I get ready for the day, and then my garments are on. And I just thought that was really, I, I, didn't, I didn't even think, she, I mean, she didn't need to tell me anything about her habits of wearing her garments, but it was a real testimony building builder to me to see that she stopped and started realizing and that the spirit was whispering to her that she needs to make the effort to get herself dressed and going for the day um, after she has had her exercise and after she's done you know, her big runs. I just thought that that's, that's the power of the spirit right there, helping us to know how to live our covenant. And then it concludes, this document, or this uh, statement concludes, it is a sacred privilege to wear the garment. I love that statement. It's a sacred privilege. We are blessed to be able to do this. And doing so is an outward expression of an inner commitment to follow Jesus Christ. I feel like that statement really does say it all in terms of um, why we wear it, how it will bless us, and as you point out, how do we seek answers for questions we have. Um, and as we tune ourselves to the Spirit, as we pray, I love the resource of speaking to a temple um, president or temple matron about it. Um, I think that's fantastic. And I, you can speak to your church leaders as well um, if there are questions. And hopefully people have relationships with their mom and dad or with a, a sibling or a good friend or something that also um, might be a resource. I would say very directly, social media is not the resource. There are wonderful people on social media who do um, uh, want to help us live our covenants, and that's great. But we have to be careful if we're making a decision based on something that somebody on social media said that is contrary to what the prophets are saying. Then that is where we need to stop and think. Who is the one who is has the power and authority to direct how I live this covenant? It's probably not someone on social media. And I know that when you first get in doubt and you first start wearing the garment, it can be 
it can be uncomfortable. Um, it's another layer of clothing that you're wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for myself, I, I am a construction worker in Las Vegas. It gets hot. <laughs> if anyone <there>. has an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, especially when I first started wearing it, it was, I picked the wrong, uh, fabric type for Las Vegas. So it was, it was very warm, but I wore it every day because that was what we covenant to do. Um, you know, it, there are ways to accommodate health issues and, um, you know, there's so many different, uh, fabric types that you can pick. Um, there are so many options to make wearing the garment an enjoyable experience and not, um, not something to afflict your soul. Uh, so if, if it is something that you have a hard time with, you might look at seeing what other options there are as far as, as uh, fabric styles go, um, because that can make a big difference. You make such an important point that they're, they're from a real practical nature, right? When someone goes through the temple, they are now adding another layer of clothing to their body every day. There is a practical element of getting used to that. That is not um, faithless to say that. I mean, yeah. that it is just a practical thing. Um, and I, I actually was pondering about that in terms of like from practical nature, how do we prepare ourselves? I mean, this is temple preparation. How do we prepare ourselves for that step and for that practical um, element of it. First of all, you know, here I am 30 years later, not to don't do the math, but, um, have, have, of having gone through the temple. And, um, so it's like second nature to me. It's like nothing. Um, but I remember, I remember very specifically like, okay, this feels weird. And it's like, okay, you just have to get comfortable. And, you know, women have, um, bras and other things to, to manage when it comes to, um, um, wearing garments. And so there is a practical element of just getting used to having a garment, um, and wearing the garment in place of underwear or in place of, um, your, or in addition to anything else. So I think you're, you're, uh, very, um, right and wise to point out that there are many style options for women, especially men, probably my husband does sometimes say, I wish we had a few more options, <laughs> but, um, so men are a little more limited in that. I, I will admit, um, but there are many style options and many fabric options and, um, and there are lightweight fabrics. There are very fitted fabrics. There are, um, fabrics that are warmer. If you're in a colder climate, there are fabrics that are, um, lighter and wicking if you are in a warmer climate. Um, and don't be afraid to, uh, try different things. I know not every, I mean, garments cost money. That's another thing. There's a budget involved. You do have to purchase garments. Um, and I'm sensitive to that. Very sensitive that it's, um, you know, for, uh, a faithful Latter-day Saint who is um, working hard to make a living and working hard to support themselves and may have a very, very, very tight budget. Um, you know, that's an element of it. And I understand that. Um, and I believe the church understands that they have tried to make them as affordable as possible. And they're not trying to make money off of garments. That's for sure. It's not a, a profit center by any means. They do allow you to return garments 
they didn't before and you know they and I will give the church a lot of credit they have tried to improve the design they've tried to improve the fabrics and they haven't tried to tried to improve the process um, there was a time where you could try things on they don't let you do that just because of the nature of it uh, but they do let you buy it and return it if it doesn't fit or if it's not comfortable or whatnot um, and you know we could get into a whole conversation in the in the in the chat about um, what styles you like best or you know whatnot. But the from a practical standpoint, there are options. Um, you can try a wide range. You can return the things that did not fit or work for you, um, and they will take those back. So you're not spending money and then it not working out. Um, and um, so from those standpoints, there are many um, more options and there is a practical element of sort of getting used to wearing the garment. On that note, I would also say um, in preparation for making that covenant and, and wearing the garment for the rest of your life, so somebody who has not yet made that covenant, you know, you're not required. We still uh, believe in a, in a certain level of modesty as members of the church there's we respect our bodies we um we we dress with humility and um and that's a that's a thing what that specifically entails can be different from someone who is not endowed and has not made that covenant versus someone who is endowed i had had this conversation with my sister about prom dresses um you know she she and I kind of saw it a little bit differently, to be honest. She wanted her girls to have like a prom dress that you could definitely wear garments with. And I was like, well, your daughters are teenagers. They have not made that covenant yet. Um, so is there a difference between uh, a prom dress that has a cap sleeve or a prom dress that has no sleeve versus a spaghetti strap versus, you know, there's, there's levels of, you know, what might be appropriate or not appropriate. Um, but that aside, when you are getting to the time where you are, you know, you know, you're you're graduating from high school and you're looking toward a mission, you're looking toward marriage or whatever it might be that will take you to the temple. That's the time to start thinking, even with your clothing choices, more specifically. Um, am I going to have to get a whole new wardrobe? And frankly, for women, it's harder than for men because women's clothing styles are different. They're harder for than men. I mean, when I'm trying to dress my teenage daughters versus my teenage son, I mean, t-shirts and long sh basketball shorts. My son could wear garments today. <laughs> There's like no problem in the clothing that is provided by the stores for him. With my daughters, I mean, I'm always fighting like, wow, they just don't have a single pair of shorts that's not the shortest short or they, or it's all tank tops. It's all spaghetti straps. It's all whatever. So I just point that out from a standpoint of, as you prepare to go to the temple, be thinking about um, what clothing you are already wearing, what clothing you should be choosing, um, so that the transition into wearing the garment every day of your life is not a weird transition, like I have to uh, get rid of my whole wardrobe and start over. Um, just be thinking about that. And so from a practical nature, practical, I mean, there's a practical element of keeping this covenant and choosing the right fabrics, choosing the right styles, figuring that out, trial and error, um, and also just 
planning your wardrobe as you get closer and closer to making that covenant in a way that will make it not such a big surprise or not such a um, uh, burden <laughs> to try to like figure out what in your wardrobe you can keep and what you have to get rid of. Those are just practical steps. Um, and you know, it's okay to be practical. You can be spiritual and practical. <laughs> and this is one of those things where the spiritual and practical perfectly intersect. Is there anything else that you wanted to add or anything you wanted to touch on before we go? Or... Um, there, there was one other um, scripture that I had, had pulled up and I wanted to um, just to really put a fine point on the purpose of the garment. Um, and going back to the Old Testament and, and um, how, you know, this is the idea of, of special clothing and spiritually significant clothing is, is not new. And we did not make that up in, in this modern dispensation um, in the Church of Jesus Christ. But there, there was a, uh, in, in some of my research, this was linked to something. I can't say I like came across it myself, but it was, it was really meaningful to me where it was in, it's in Numbers um, chapter 15 and it's verses 37 to 41, but a couple of just highlights from that. Um, the Lord speaks to Moses and tells them to make fringes in the borders of their garments. So again, the translations tassels or something. So in other words, make something specific, some something unusual or different in your garments. And then he says that that fringe that you make, um, that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord. So again, it's there to remind you, to be a reminder of the commandments that the Lord has given us. And that you seek not after your own heart or your own eyes. I loved that line because, again, the purpose. What's the purpose of the garment? What was the purpose of this fringe that the Lord was telling the children of Israel to do to their garments? To remind them of the commandments and to remind them not to seek after their own heart and their own eyes, but to seek after the Lord's. Um, and then it says again that you may remember to do all my commandments and be holy unto your God. And then he says, he concludes with, I am the Lord, your God. So in other words, be holy to your God. And who is your God? It's me. And I love that so much that again, it is a reminder and it is, um, in our day and age, we're not asked to put fringe on our on our garments or our clothing as the children of Israel were commanded. But, for our day and our age, we are given the holy temple garments that we have now. And it is for the same purpose, to remind us to keep the commandments, to remind us to not seek after our own thoughts and our own, um, to seek after the Lord, right? To follow the Lord instead of following our following man, is, I think is the way to say that. And to remember to be holy. That is so perfect to remember to be holy and to um, be holy to our God. I just love that so much. And I just, again, if anything, there's a practical nature to wearing garments. There's a practical nature to the temple clothing that we wear inside the temple. There is um, uh, uh, physical protections, as we talked about, that can come from wearing the garment. But most importantly, the biggest, biggest thing is the spiritual um, 
enhancement that can come to our life, the spiritual protection, the spiritual um, um, enrichment that we gain from keeping the covenants that we have made in the temple and from keeping uh, and by wearing the garment day and night, day in and day out throughout our lives, it is a spiritual commitment. It's a spiritual commitment in the end. I just like to offer my testimony that I know that the garment and the blessings that we've talked about are, are real, that the, it really does protect us spiritually. Um, it's an incredible opportunity that we have to wear the garment that God has given us. And it's, it's a great reminder of the sacrifice that he's made, of the covenants that we've made. And, and I know that as we, as we honor that obligation to wear the garment and we, we do not defile it, that we'll receive every blessing that God has in store for us associated with that. The, the temple clothing, the, the ceremonial clothing is also very special. And I love how it enhances the, the sacred rituals that we perform in the temple and the, the symbolism behind it. We would get more into that if we could. Um, but this, I hope this is just a, a good taste of what is to come. Of, um, I hope it gives you a good understanding, a good foundation of the purpose of these, these holy garments and these this clothing. Well, I'll add my testimony to yours that um, I am truly, as I said at the beginning, I'm a believer. I am a believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm a believer in the temple. I'm a believer in, um, in the covenants that we have been asked to make. And I find it a complete honor to, um, to live those covenants, to have made those covenants and to um, strive to be true to those covenants. I am not perfect as none of us are, but I believe with all my heart and soul that our Heavenly Father has given us these very tangible things on this earth, um, including and specifically the covenants we make in the temple and the garments that we take with us outside the temple to remind us, to protect us, to strengthen us, and to... Um, fortify us, that we may live this earth life in, uh, with as much joy, man is, he may have joy, um, on this earth. And I am so grateful for, uh, a loving heavenly father and a devoted savior that, um, gives us so much help day in and day out. And I find the garment to be just a very tangible element of all that they are trying to do to help us. We leave this with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Cornerstone at Fairy Temple Prep Podcast. We hope that you found this discussion insightful. The Cornerstone Podcast is not affiliated with The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The opinions and beliefs expressed in this podcast are the views of the person who expressed them and do not necessarily represent the position of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Fair Latter-day Saints. 